1: Friend, o, Steve here, and Larson, and welcome back to Going In Rock Count Out, and this is of course the Countdown Show. It Every is. Saturday we do right here, at YouTube.com we forward do. slash Stephen Larson. It's available wherever podcasts can be found. So if you don't want to look at our faces and watch us on YouTube, you can always hop on whatever podcast app you listen to podcasts on, in, and then uh, check us out there. Feast your, your ears. ears. That's right. We're also available uh, on Patreon at p- Patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson. Today, Saturday, tonight. 5:30 p.m. Pacific time, 8:30 uh, p.m. Uh, Eastern time. Yeah, Triple Mania Ooh, wow. live stream. We're going to be co-streaming it, which means you'll be able to watch Triple Mania on the screen that we are on as well. Uh, so that should be a lot of fun. It'll I'm be hoping that's Triple be Mania, the case. and then we'll I'm be up here sure in the corner. I'm not even sure how to test it out in advance. I got to find like something else that allows find, us like tonight to find, maybe find impact, but I'm going to be
2: gone. Co-stream something else. I, yeah,
1: but I don't know what else lets you co. Oh. Maybe we can set up one of our channels to stream. I don't
2: have another channel.
1: Well, no, there, I have mine. I've got Stephen. We got Stephen Larson. Yeah. So okay, go ahead. So I'll I'll just I'll yeah yeah start running Stephen Larson
2: on yeah probably try it here actually yeah Um yeah. so yeah. anyways, that's all good stuff it'll it'll be great looking looking forward regardless to it. it's gonna be it's gonna amazing. be an absolute blast yeah we do have
1: some new patrons also um, cool let's see here just today yeah. Let's see. We have uh, Shane Brown, Matthew Broadhurst, the Cruiserweight Assassin Charlie Mercury, and Luis Novoa.
2: Thank you, thank you, thank you. Welcome
1: all. Plenty of reward tiers over there on the Patreon. We're going to be making some big updates to that very soon. Yes,
2: over the next couple months for sure, for sure.
1: Anyways, uh, like I stated, tonight is Triple Mania, and what is Triple Mania known for, Larson? Uh, Insanity, death-defying stunts, and insanity. Insanity. Yeah. Namely, uh, so just recently. Uh, Aerostar, a TripleMania yeah. mainstay. Yeah. Uh, known for death-defying falls. Yes. Uh, had a death-defying fall. Yeah. So we're hoping that he uh, has an even more death-defying fall. But but in the end, defies. But he totally defies. Yeah. So we decided to take a look at, in advance of that, the craziness going to happen in TripleMania, we decided to take a look at uh, other death-defying, insane falls in pro wrestling. Obviously, we're not going to talk about owen oh, hart who tragically died during an accidental fall yeah uh that's super sad and we're here to sort of crack wise make jokes can't really do that if a person sadly no. passes away no you cannot doing these, that all these falls
2: were planned whether they uh <clears throat> you know were, were executed as planned yeah is something else entirely but all these falls were planned it's no fun talking about people who were severely injured or worse. Yeah. So we're not going to do that. People were hurt during some of these, but I think for the most part, everybody's fine.
1: The number one entry, I mean, he's alive and he's walking around. Yeah.
2: But still pretty bad. Yeah, it's pretty bad. They're all. Varying degrees bad, but
1: all <laughs> right. And I don't, any I don't believe
2: any of these falls resulted in really, you know, like life changing injuries. Right, right. I don't think. Yeah. So, don't anyways,
1: think. let's just let's dive into
2: it. And let's see, yeah, and we'll see. Yeah, let's dive in. Number ten,
1: Steve. Number ten. Ten. Marcus Everett misses the target. So uh.
2: yeah, we remember this from a couple of years back. Yeah, this is great. This was great. So uh, a couple of years back, we were going through our Twitters, and then we came across this little video of some indie show where a dude is like standing on a, a girder at a, what looks like a, a, a warehouse or a high school gym or something was like a high school gym and yeah, that's a, yeah uh, it could be it's hard yeah. to tell from that um and he jumps off what in looks my to memory be, i saw like a, a basketball yeah game. no i think you'd think about the air conditioning unit there yeah uh maybe i don't know 12 12 feet yeah maybe 14 feet up in the air jumps off uh trying to hit a prone opponent on the table Misses everything. Elbow first onto the concrete. Here's kind of the silly thing about it, too, is that he
1: spends all day setting up this guy on the table. I'm sorry. He gets the guy on the table and then spends so much time climbing up. It is precarious. Yeah, I
2: imagine there's not a whole lot of area for your feet to...
1: And he he climbs up and then he starts moving over. Shimmying this, over. Shimmying yeah. over, exactly, good word. And then, so it's like, okay, at some point, why wouldn't this guy just get up anyways? It I did know. sort of take the, but yeah, but you know, everybody's waiting for the big spot. Big spot, big spot comes, he plummets down, misses the table completely. When I saw it for the first time, it was utterly shocking. It was like, oh, I did not see that coming. And of course, just crashes onto the concrete. Yes.
2: Uh, um, the wrestler in question who missed everything was Marcus Everett, you mentioned his name. Um, and, uh, apart from, I think damaging his elbow, he was basically all right after the spot yeah. and he gave an interview with eat sleep wrestling a couple weeks after the incident incident spread like wildfire over the internet. So the, the details, the show went down summer of 2017 for IWA Mid-South in Memphis, Indiana. From understanding that's, uh, Axel Rotten's promotion. Interesting. Um, Everett, he was in the middle of a feud with Cole Radrick and according to Everett, their loser leaves town TLC match was to be their blow off. Um, Everett said he had done a similar spot in that same building, just from the girder underneath of it, mm, which would okay. be like seven feet. Yeah. Um, uh, Everett, he wanted to do something special because a, it was a blow off match. Mm-hmm. B, he was under the impression this would be the last uh, uh, last uh, show in that building. Yeah. So he wanted to send it off with something special. Uh, he thought the spot. Didn't tell Axel. Did tell his opponent. Cole tried to convince him to do otherwise. Mm -hmm. He thought, no, I'm gonna do it anyways. And here's what uh, he told Eat Sleep Wrestle about uh, the details. Quote, I got up on the girder and shimmied out to the position right in front of the table. It's bad, I know. It was only then that I looked down and realized the table was a little further out than it should have been. Ideally, the table would be close enough. I could just lean forward Michael Jackson style and fall through the table, but I knew I was going to give myself a little momentum. Unfortunately, with all the adrenaline I had in my system, a little turned into a lot. I didn't realize just how, I didn't realize just how bad I messed up until I hit the concrete. As soon as I landed, I gave myself a mental pat down to do that I was okay. I got up off the ground and turned to Cole and the ref, who were both looking at me in disbelief. The ref pointed and said, "Brother, I can see your bone. ow, ow!" The ref wanted to stop the match, but I said, "No no man, get me some duct tape. let's finish this." Yeah and he did finish it. I think he lost. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) On Twitter, Everett responded to the video saying, quote, true story, when I smacked the concrete, three things went through my head. My family, Mm -hmm. Matthew. Yeah, that makes sense. And Jim Cornette. Yeah. And, of course, Jim Cornette did see this. And, and of course, he had to comment on it. Yeah. Uh, That's what he said. Quote, I can't stop watching this. What was the idiot on the table's plan for survival had that gone right?
1: Well, he just would have – had this gone right – I mean the dude on the table you know he's he's sort of a just take taken a pretty big He's a thicker dude. Yeah. yeah, I mean he was sort Oof. of putting his, his you know he was bracing himself.
2: Yeah. That's what you got to do you just got to do that. Yeah. yeah. That's
1: what he's doing. I'm I'm I'm, I'm it's funny cuz I don't want to uh You don't want to oh. see
2: impact early. <laughs>
1: just goes like this and then he goes and checks on him there it is slow-mo and that's just oh, elbow and concrete. yeah that's God. probably a broken elbow <laughs> the ring announcer guy, the av guy over
2: there goes like this. i know oh man that's rough uh i believe uh uh at least directly following uh his, his recovery from that incident i think marcus ever was still wrestling yeah as far as i know yeah
1: yeah i didn't see yeah i mean it didn't sound like anything was uh I mean, I doubt he's going to do that again.
2: No, yeah, he said in that interview, no, he's not doing anything like that. He yeah, should have good. done that, he said. he. Yeah, he really He could have, like, really that seriously. That could have been really bad. He really seriously could if, have hurt if, himself. If Head had hit concrete in that instance, that could have been real, real bad.
1: Can you think of a time, because I can think of several times when we've been to independent shows and we start questioning, uh, what, what, what are these guys
2: thinking? There's that uh, one ladder spot. Or someone jumps off the ladder and gets their foot cut in the rope on the oh, way down yeah. and just about lands on their head. That was one of the last shows we went to. Yeah.
1: Oh, my God, yeah. Yeah, we almost saw a guy. Yeah, that's right. He almost landed on his head. Uh, obviously, I think, was it that same one or the next one that we went to? There was it a death match. Yeah, that was the next one. And they just started, like, flinging light tubes around, light tubes around, like, into the crowd. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's independent wrestling for you.
2: Yep. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Number nine. Nine. Jeff Hardy, Swanton's Randy Orton. So uh, this was kind of back when I wasn't really watching a whole lot of the wrestling. I was keeping up on it. I really wasn't watching the time. I wasn't
1: really watching when Jeff Hardy won the WWE Championship. So I was, yeah, kind of in the same boat. Yeah.
2: uh, This happened a bit before that when he was in the midst of his push. He was, uh, at the time, Intercontinental Champion. We're talking tail end of 2007, leading up to the Royal Rumble, of course. That's early 2008. Um, When Jeff Hardy, after defeating Triple H, become number one contender for WWF title, uh, was entered in feud with one Randall Orton Randall Orton Who was WWF champion at the time Right um, And so uh, their feud really picked up steam When Orton punted Matt Hardy in the head mm-hmm. Of course Matt Hardy is whose brother? Jeff Hardy's Jeff brother Jeff Hardy indeed yeah. um, And uh, to build anticipation for their Royal Rumble match uh, There was a, an incident, <laughs> incident On the January 14th 2008 episode of Monday Night Raw from Mobile, Alabama. Uh, Randy Orton comes out and challenges Jeff Hardy to an impromptu match for his WWE title. You know, keep in mind that Matt or Jeff Hardy has a, a scheduled match for said title mm-hmm. at the Rumble. Yeah, Hardy accepts. Match begins. Orton hits him with a low blow. Uh, goes for the punt. Jeff evades and like he turns into a madman mm-hmm. uh, and and he starts beating up Randy Orton. Uh, sends Orton. I believe off the stage onto the floor of the arena, and then he climbs up the lighting structure, the structure that keeps the Tron up Mm -hmm. in place. He climbs up, looks down, thinks this ain't high enough, climbs up a bit more, and then does a swanton onto Randy Orton uh, on the floor of the arena. Yeah. It's a pretty crazy spot. Yeah. Um, However, Jeff Hardy didn't win the title that time.
1: No, I mean, that always cracks me up when because this happens all the time, like the people who do the craziest, biggest spots during matches rarely actually win the matches uh, because they
2: they spend all their energy getting that that awesome that huge spot. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, so there I'm you go. You the got the you got numbers. Randy. You got Jeff being taken off on stretchers.
1: This happened. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's the aftermath. Oh my goodness. There he is. He's pretty the... high up. Ah. He
2: points to his mouth. Yeah. It's pretty high up there. Watch this. Oh, my God. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. So uh, I'm sure there was a crash pad and stuff there. Nonetheless, it's pretty high up there. Um, as I mentioned, Hardy lost the, the match at the Rumble. Um, I believe shortly thereafter, uh, he lost the Intercontinental title to Jericho. He was uh, suspended for violating the wellness policy. And then uh, eventually, by the end of 2008, he did win the WWE Championship, uh, winning a triple threat match between uh, Triple H Himself in edge at Armageddon mm-hmm, so he eventually got that built yeah yeah he did um,
1: Yeah, I, I was never I, I was never really into Jeff Hardy. as like a singles guy Yeah, I no. always felt like his promos were like not I, I he was he was a captivating in-ring performer. Yeah um, He had presence he had presence but I don't know why. Maybe it was just one of those things where it's hard. Like when you, when somebody is so closely tied to a tag team, mm-hmm. it's really difficult to like accept the singles. Well, I, th-
2: I think I th- if, if he were a strong promo and could separate himself as a. Like Edge. Edge was able to separate himself. As, as an Edge. individual, not as yeah. part of a team. Yeah. I don't think that would be an issue. Yeah. No, I agree with that. But he, he, his brother was the better promo. Mm-hmm. Even back then. Yeah.
1: I don't know. So that was, that's a, that's a pretty crazy one. But Hardy's had all sorts of crazy swantons. Yeah. There was that one time th-
2: he just fell off the cage onto his head on the, the ring steps in TNA. <laughs> Dude, don't, let me get started with TNA. Those, those people would let him do whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was horrible. Yeah. Um, well, like the, I remember, and wasn't it, wasn't,
1: didn't he do that in order to like justify being written off yeah. because he had like a legit neck issue? That was my, my understanding. Yeah. He's like, oh, I got a neck issue. Let me fall on my neck and right get so I can get written off with a neck issue. I know. No, I don't do that. Uh, but then, of course, there was, um,
2: was it like SummerSlam? SummerSlam Summer 2009. Yeah. Match against Punk. Yeah. Yes. Where he did yeah. the, the, the swanton off the ladder and yeah. Punk out of the way. So many crazy spots yeah. with that guy. Of course, the the spot with uh, Bubba Ray at WrestleMania 2000. Yeah. yeah, he's Getting speared in mm-hmm. um, another TLC match mm-hmm. by Edge yeah. while he was holding on to tag titles. Yeah. Yeah, he's noted for a lot of crazy, crazy falls and spots. What do you think he feels like when he wakes up in the morning? Bad. Probably bad. It probably hurts. Probably, yeah. I was listening to uh, the Stone Cold podcast with with Hogan on it. Yeah, I was just listening to it yesterday. And so you took the spot. Did you get to the spot where he was talking about how long it takes him to get going in the morning? No, I actually fast-forwarded all the way an
1: hour through because you had said that the stuff Mm. that I wanted to hear wasn't in that first hour. Yeah, So I just fast-forwarded. And honestly, like when they do address... when They they, they just gloss over Stone Cold and and Hulk Hogan, Mm. why they never hooked up. They're just both very apologetic for their state of minds or he stone cold is very apologetic for his state of mind at the time and hogan said you know i've been there too and he talked about some times when
2: he wasn't quite in his right state of mind (laughs) anyways anyways uh hogan he's 66 he's he's put he put his bite through a lot sure he said it takes him three hours in the morning to get out of bed and get going yeah, he said he can't really stand up straight until he, he until he's out. Granted, this is Hogan saying that, so great assault. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, it takes him like an hour just so he can stand up straight.
1: But the thing is, dude, I know we say it's Hogan, but at the same time, like we both saw uh, uh, Beefcake, Bruce the Barber Beefcake. You can't, t- you cannot look at that dude and how he walks. And not think, man, it must take him a oh, long totally, time to go. Totally. So that's uh, that's
2: perfectly understandable. It's entirely it, impossible. It's entirely possible. It's entirely possible. Tirely tirely possible yeah. yeah, totally. It is entirely possible. I'm not, not going to completely dismiss it, but again. Yeah, it. it is Hulk Hogan. It is Hogan. yeah.
1: Anyways, moving on. Number eight. Eight. Shane McMahon falls at SummerSlam. 2000. 2000. So uh, this was an insane. Yeah, I remember
2: watching this live. Insane fall. Yeah, because. Yeah, this was
1: during the time when Shane was doing all sorts of crazy stuff. Mm hmm.
2: Mm hmm. Um, so it's so the SummerSlam 2000. Uh, mm-hmm. Steve Blackman mm-hmm. was challenging Shane McMahon for the Hardcore Title. Shane walked in as champion, um, and the, towards the finish of the match, uh, you have Test out there trying to interfere on Shane's behalf. Um, I would say it was Albert too. Probably. I think so. Uh, Steve Blackman fends them all off. Um, so Shane tries to escape by climbing up to the top of the set. Yeah, like forty something feet up. It's probably. really high. It's really high. Um, and then Steve Blackman, thankfully, has a kendo stick with a little loop at the end of it, so he can put it around his wrist and he can climb up. It's like for the Wii, the original Wii Remote, yes. the Wii Mote. So you're not doing this and have your Wii Mote fly off. I think uh, tennis rackets, I think, also have those things,
1: but I don't know if you know. I don't it.
2: think so. Really? I've played some tennis and I've never had a tennis racket that had a little loop at the end and stick your hand through. What am I thinking of then? I guess his Wii then. Maybe like a racquetball. 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 There's that the one. More like that's it. So the lethal weapon. Did you Played racquetball before. Maybe once. It's fun. Yeah, I, I really like racquetball. I like playing tennis when I play tennis. Lots
1: of business meetings go down and play exactly. racquetball. It's a
2: very uh, professional type sport. <laughs> it is. So the lethal weapon gives chase, follows Shane up to the top of the set, again, reportedly about 40 feet up in the air. Um, and then uh, Steve gets his kendo stick and kind of whacks Shane as he gets in position three times, and then Shane falls backwards. Mm-hmm. Again, about 40 feet. Um, probably to, um, definitely to a crash pad. Yeah. But they always put something over it to make it seem more impactful. Make that yeah. noise. Yeah. And, but that's not it. And that, so, uh, Steve Blackman descends maybe halfway down the main pillar of the stage.
1: Yeah, it's, it's like a good, like, to, the rungs are pretty far apart. He
2: yeah. He maybe two or three rungs. Yeah. Yeah. And then, uh, delivers a huge elbow drop to Shane, makes the cover, gets the pin, he is your new hardcore champion. This is in the midst of of probably the, the the greatest push of Steve Blackman's career.
1: Yeah. Steve Blackman in retrospect pretty underrated. Yeah, I think and so. And they kind of didn't use him properly. Because no. what's the one thing that one thing that I learned today, you learn something new every day. The one thing I learned today when we were looking for Steve Blackman's shoot interviews was everybody seems to think and they're probably correct. Now, Steve
2: Blackman is like a super tough guy. Oh, I think because he got malaria and was laid up for four years and made made it all the way back. That'll do it too. Yeah, you know, and like I, when he they, they introduced him in WWE, he was a guy in audience who jumped the barricade. Yeah, dude had been wrestling for like years before that. He had actually, before he yeah. got malaria, yeah. yeah,
1: he actually tried. They had like a he. had WWE the the right? had wanted him since like '87. Yeah, and he would show up. Something would happen. He'd have to leave something. He, he spent some time in Japan. Mm-hmm. Apparently, he hated Vader. He wanted to beat up Vader, but Vader apologized for being a jerk to him back in Japan. I heard that in a shoot interview. Um, but, you know, there are so many different interviews of people saying, man, yeah, this dude was a total badass. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know if you put. So I, I know Ken Shamrock was obviously a much more uh, mainstream name. Yeah, because of the UFC. Because so of the yeah. UFC. But uh, man, I just can't help to think that they they really dropped the ball, Steve Black. They totally did. Like even when we were watching, he was kind of like we just sort of he was, we thought he was kind of silly mm-hmm. because he was very stoic. He didn't really have much personality. No. And then he had like a cheesy Tron with like oh, the great. the boom, drums. Boom, boom, yeah, boom. yeah, the four on the, four on the, the floor strobing, yeah. and yeah, was all great. in there doing that stuff. A lethal Weapon. And it's like you don't really get how impressive all this stuff is with all the like he had like the nunchucks yeah, 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 yeah. Like, he really did come off, like, the Lethal Weapon. That's kind of what he was. But then mm-hmm. you think Lethal Weapon, you think the Mel Gibson movies. Yeah, no. Especially back then. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, but like you said, that's a big spot for Steve Blackman. Oh, hell yeah, man. And I forget why they never really did more of them. But
2: Well, he yeah. was in uh, Head Cheese with Al Snow for a while, too. Yeah, it's hard to come back from comedy gimmick. Yeah, no. You know? But uh, in
1: any event, yeah, Shane McMahon, whatever happened to him? I wonder what he's doing these days. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure. Anyways, where go. are they now? <laughs> oh, we got we got some business to do, but then I, I can't wait to talk about this next one. Okay, here we go, Larson. Uh, oh no, we're gonna are we gonna number seven now? We can do whatever you want. Oh, we'll do number seven. No, let's let's just do the let's okay.
3: Do read. Okay. Okay.
0: Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why.
3: I thought it was an eco move: fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster.
1: No,
0: it's
3: to be more iconic. Okay. Must be a Tech thing. But those aren't
0: quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at angie.com. That's A N G I. Or download the app today.
2: All right, I know you want to talk about Jim Cornette. Let's talk about Jim Cornette.
0: <laughs> Number seven. seven. Jim Cornette falls off the scaffold.
2: Wow. So uh, let's rewind to 1986. A great year. Thanksgiving I moved, weekend. I probably. moved to England. So I oh, 1986. I know what happened then. Did you move? Did I you see Here I moved to California. To California. Yeah. There you go. So uh, the NWA, StarCast 1986. The event was dubbed Night of the Skywalkers. Oh, cool. It was
1: a Star Wars tie-in.
2: No, it wasn't. It was just an IP violation then. Yes. And uh, Starcade that year took place in not one but two places, Steve. Greensboro mm-hmm. Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. I think was the traditional home to early uh, Starcast. Mm-hmm. Starcade, sorry. And then also the Omni, the former home of the Atlanta Hawks in Atlanta, Georgia.
1: They have some sort of Stargate, star, st- st-
2: stargate, technology. stargate technology. Stargate technology? Stargate technology? I am not
1: aware of that. Starcade gate technology? That's what you're trying to say. <laughs> where they're folding space into two places at the same time? Maybe. Or Maybe. Did they just
2: have a bunch of people show up one venue, a bunch of people show up. I think it was venue. like that. It was all close circuit okay, stuff. Okay, that's same thing right. they did with WrestleMania too. That's and I worked right. wonderfully, so they thought, yeah, oh, "Why sure. not?" Sure. Uh, so Jim Cornette, he was manager of the Midnight Express. They were taking on Road Warriors, the Road Warriors, in a scaffold match, which uh, I think Cornette in an interview said was about twenty feet above the ring, twenty four feet above the floor. Okay. Um, so uh, after Hawk and Animal tossed Bobby Eaton. Dennis Condry off the scaffold, uh, the Road Warriors and their manager, Paul Ellering, chase Cornette up to the top of the scaffold. And while in the midst of trying to escape, Cornette falls from the underside of the scaffold, uh, takes an awkward landing, and legitimately destroys his knee. So I know most of you probably have the WWE Network. This is defi- This
1: entire match is definitely worth a watch mm-hmm. because it's just brutal fall after brutal fall. And in fact, the Jim Cornette interview that you listened to, where he talked about it, he uh, referenced how Dennis Condry, when he falls, uh, you like can Like he knows tell how to take that he bump, He really yeah. knows how to take it. Like he lands on both feet perfectly, gets into sort of a catcher's crouch, and then falls back on his back, and he takes it just fine. I Chances are he, it probably doesn't really help his knees long term, but short term, I think it's blown out. Um, what's his face? Uh, uh, oh, Bobby. Uh, Bobby Eaton. Uh, that looked like it could have been really nasty. Apparently, he did sprain his ankle. Yeah, that's what Cornette said. Yeah, because he sort of comes down right leg first, and it looks it it, it looks much worse than just
2: a sprained ankle yeah. probably is. Yeah, whereas Cornette just fell right flat on his feet. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the great thing about that is that Big Boss Man was right there. He was supposed to sort of catch Cornette, I'm assuming fall and yeah. break the fall. They both fell fall down together. He was like a good three feet going like this. The closest thing I can remember, I can think of in terms of how ludicrously bad this attempt was to catch somebody, was when The Undertaker was supposed to be caught by that cameraman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and didn't. No. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and so he just sort of has a hug position, and he just watches Cornette just plop, and then you look at Cornette's face. Instant pain. And it's just, pain, like, his knees just explode, and he's like, ah, just screaming. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is a brutal, brutal watch. It's rough watch. to
2: watch, it's rough to watch. So, uh... uh Road Warrior Animal, had an interview with Hannibal TV, talked about this, as we had to say about it. Quote, so I'm holding on to Cornette, and I give Cornette props. He's afraid of heights. Definitely afraid. He doesn't fly. He drives everywhere or takes a train. He holds on to the scaffold, and I say, Jimmy, you got it. He says, yeah, I got it. I told Bossman, I yell down and go, hey, you ready? I'm thinking, how is Bossman going to catch Cornette? <laughs> if he does catch him, Cornette is like a 250-pound sack of crap. <laughs> He's going to kill him. <laughs> Then I tell boss man, you ready? I said, okay. And I said, go. Boss man standing like this, and he's three feet off and misses Cornette. Cornette falls and hits. Both knees went pop.
1: <laughs> Ow! Oh, oh. oh, man. He's not done yet. Have you ever, let me ask real quick. You ever had a busted knee? No. I've heard. I've just heard from various places that it's like one of the most painful places. Yeah, yeah. To get playing. Yeah. Of both yeah. of
2: them. Pop. Like a big two by four, you hear them both go. He blew out both knees, and that one deal, he was screaming. And Hawk and I are belly laughing on the (laughs) scaffold. He's lying in pain, but it was so funny. You had to see Bubba standing there like this, (laughs) then staring like this watching Cornette hit. You had to be there and be involved in the match because it was so funny. We laughed our butts off at that.
4: (laughs)
1: That's so bad. That is so bad.
2: It was pretty funny, though. It's a horrible fall.
1: Oh, no, it's it's terrible. It is so worth a watch, though. That scaffold just looks like it's coming apart at the seams. Mm-hmm. They're up there. Everybody looks
2: terrified.
1: Even the road. I've never seen the road warriors look scared before. Oh, yeah. But they're moving so gingerly on that oh, yeah. thing. And they are taking some pretty big risks. Like, there's a couple points where, like, both Bobby Eaton and I think Hall. Uh, who's the one who's still alive? Animal? Animal. Yeah. Animal. They're on the underside of the scaffold, and they're sort of where the, the corner meets. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they've got like one foot here, and they're just sort of, you know, holding on. All they have is like one grip on I it. Know. If that slips, they're done. They're done. I know. It is, it is a really good match. It's really fun to watch. That's like my favorite thing about the WWE Network is all the old, old oh, stuff. Oh, heck yeah, man. When, man, they took a lot of risks with not a lot of like sort of safety no. precautions. No, no.
2: <laughs> they just no. went up and did it
1: They just went up and did it Oh man That looked horrible though yeah, I watched it, it and I just
2: Man that I was cringed big time I, I Yeah It was hard watching the, the impact I watched it once And Not again Yeah No I watched it a couple times Just to watch Boss Man
1: Dunk <laughs> He's like Ah What the hell Oh boy Oh Boss Man Anyways Moving on Number six Six What's this one Oh, God. X Division fall. Oh, this one's bad. This was
2: suicide and Chris Daniels. Here's an instance where something really bad could happen really easily.
1: This was, this was an, I'm sorry, dude. I know this match generated a lot of thrills, but uh, man, this this could have been so bad. This could have been really bad. If you actually go back and watch this fall, Chris Daniels, it is a miracle he is walking. I know. A miracle because he came so close to landing square on his head. His body sort of turned at the last minute. Well, he kind of just tucked his chin. He rotated
2: a little bit so he didn't land right in his head. He just landed on the back of his neck and his shoulders. So this was uh, Bound for Glory 2009, an X division match. He got Christopher Daniels and Frankie Kazarian as suicide. They're in the center of, of the X. It was Ultimate X, so it's the one oh, where it's sorry, hanging yes. above. Ultimate X, yes, yeah, sorry. The, yeah. So he had like a couple of ropes that, that cross over the ring, forming an X. Yeah, yeah. And they're fighting at like the vortex, the center of that X. Mm-hmm. Brawling, they're both kind of sitting on top of it. And and then seemingly out of nowhere, they just take an awful spill. And you mentioned Daniel's just about landing on the top of his head. Uh, the Fallen Angel, he was on X-Pac 12360, spoke about the incident. And this is what he said. Uh, quote there was an ultimate X it was me Frankie is suicide amazing red homicide and motor city machine guns and the original idea we had for the finish Frankie now we were going to climb the opposite trusses that was the first time they had done trusses usually there's no sort of ceiling on top of the cables uh, they did that for a while because they couldn't fasten. fasten probably fasten maybe uh, the trusses to the ground in Southern California so the original finish for this match was going to be both of us diving from opposite columns I think he's talking about yeah Frankie was going to dive first and he was going to land and as soon as he landed, I was going to dive and land on top of him basically stacked on the middle of the X. So I think they were going to dive on top of the ropes, which is crazy.
1: Oh God, that sounds terrible.
2: We were going to fight to a position to where we were basically standing on the cables... Oh, because they had the ceiling above them to okay, hold on yeah. to, I guess. I was going to hook him like I was going to Angel's Wings, his finisher, him. And then he was going to backdrop me for there. I was going to take a backdrop from the middle of the X and land on my back in the ring. And then he, Frankie, was going to fall. And then whoever was going to win was going was gonna to finish. Instead, we decided we were going to fight. I was basically going to try and do a flat liner, hmm. which is something I did. But because my legs got hooked on the oh. ropes, instead of falling flat back, my legs got hooked. And basically, I almost fell head first. When you look up, Christopher Daniels almost dies. That's the clip that comes up. I went backstage and Samoa Joe goes, don't you ever do that again at the top of his lungs. I thought he was going to kill me there for almost dying. Yeesh. Oh, Samoa Joe. I want to hug him. Mm-hmm. Man. Yeah, it is. It is ugly. Mm-hmm. It is terrifying. You got Kazarian. He's like, you he could tell that hurt. Mm-hmm. He looks hurt. Yeah, he get he kind of like props himself up in his elbows, and you just tell he hurts. Mm. It's rough.
1: Yeah, and they've done. I mean, so they've done Ultimate X a handful of times. I don't know how many times they've done it. But uh, I've seen. I've
2: seen a couple enough times to have a top five moves in Ultimate X matches because uh, TNA had that. Actually, watched it. There's some other crazy stuff. Yeah, there's this crazy spot where Christopher Daniels he has his foot, his feet. He's hanging from his feet. From the the middle structure, yeah, and then Kazarian jumps off. I think the top rope with a cutter and, and hits with a cutter. It's yeah, impressive. I've it's seen crazy. that. I've seen that one. It's that's
1: so bad though. It is so. It is very impressive. It's so bad because man, one golly, mm-hmm. um, a lot can go wrong. The other, the other sort of TNA uh, huge move, and it's not necessarily a fall. This is a really awesome move. The, it was the, that Elix Skipper? Yeah, one. Off the top of the cage. That right. was like a cage one. And or he like he walks the the, the, the the top of the cage. There's no roof, so it's just like the wall. Yeah. He walks that and then jumps up, does like, a like a runner or something. Yeah, does a runner on yeah. somebody. Yeah, and then it's crazy. they crazy. I'll topple over. So that was crazy. It was pretty crazy. But yeah, uh, the X Division was uh, definitely uh, definitely home to quite a few death defying moves mm-hmm. and made a lot of stars. Mm-hmm. So, but oh boy, oh boy. That stuff is some of that stuff is just rough. No, oh, it is. Anyways, move, got that right. Moving on. Speaking of rough, number five. Five. Oh, Zandig and Joey Janella. Woo! If you're watching on YouTube, look at them all the way. Up. Look at that
2: camera guy right there. Yeah, He's no. Like, oh, you can't oh, see Lord. the fire behind the lower third there. But there's fire in that truck. you yeah, know So I believe this one, down in 2016. Like, there's a fire right there's there. There's a fire. <laughs> the light tubes and some sort of like table. Yeah. Uh, 2016, I believe. Uh, When uh, at the, at the time, recently unretired John Zandig, of course, from CZW Mm -hmm. fame, set up a tournament of survival in Philadelphia. And uh, ESPN has a really great write-up on Joey Janella from the following year, 2017, that covers this, this, this match in this spot in great detail. Oh, wow. Um, And uh, apparently Janela wanted to have a match against Zandig. And now that Zandig was out of retirement, had this tournament. Uh, he managed to, f- to to get his wish, mm-hmm. a match against Zandig, mm-hmm. spot the tournament. So, apparent uh, several years prior, Zandig did a similar spot with Sick Nick Monda. We'll talk about him more later, where uh, they they take a dive off the roof of a building through some tables and some other stuff. Landing looked horrible, mm-hmm, yeah. awful, yeah, just really bad. Um, and then, uh, according to the ESPN piece, uh, when Janella showed up for the show. He saw this weird amalgam of light tubes and barbed wire and, and like a little table apparatus set up in the bed of a truck. And Later, there'd be fire. Um, and, uh, and also, like, apparently the fall this time was to be higher than the one Zandik had done with oh, Mondo. dear. And so the men took the fall. It's bad. It looks like Zandik kind of does like a Death Valley driver into mm-hmm. the bed of the truck. Um, and ESPN recounts the injuries that both men suffered. Quote, Zandig broke his neck in three places back back. oh sorry back yeah sorry Zandig broke his back in three places and Jan- Janella nearly sliced, sliced his finger off Ugh. getting caught on a strand of barbed wire severed so many tendons that doctors didn't know how much he'd ever be able to move his thumb let alone wrestle again
1: Well, we saw how that turned out
2: yeah he's he's, he's signed with all the wrestling so he's doing mm-hmm. okay for himself yeah um, I remember that, seeing this on Twitter it went viral apparently it was on Dan Lebitard's show oh that's funny was it highly questionable? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it kind of was what put Janelle on the map. Yeah, yeah. I it was that, that in,
1: in wrestling an invisible man. There was that. And then there was the first I had really heard of Joey Janelle was when he did his first spring break. Because mm-hmm. I was like, who's this guy? And then I started looking him up, and I was like, oh, my God, yeah. This kid's crazy. And he is. Like, even just, what, last week he had a match with David Starr. And
3: mm-hmm. if you look at the look, oh, yeah, that
1: was in. Um, it was in uh, uh, Beyond Wrestling. Beyond Wrestling. And if you look at the 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 clips from that, holy crap! It was a sixty minute sixty minute Iron Man match. Yeah, and they were just full killing, of hardcore spots. They were just killing each other. hmm Anyways, but uh, yeah, that Zandig, he's crazy. We played at his, we played as him in a video game. Yeah, backyard wrestling. Mm-hmm, backyard mm-hmm. wrestling video mm-hmm. game. mm mm-hmm. um, Of course, he's a legend in the uh, death match realm. <sighs> I gotta get. Uh, started. the uh, the latest one just went down like a month ago, right?
2: Oh, the Tournament of Death. Mm-hmm really I think so
1: I gotta check it out did we ever find out who that dude
2: was who had a bolt in his hand it's messed up though man
1: yeah it's pretty messed up I should look that's a that. backyard wrestler
2: though wasn't it? it wasn't was it a CZW I thing? thought that was CZW oh, maybe it was yeah I don't remember
1: one day we'll have to do maybe we'll do it for like a if we ever do 10 for the win again we'll do top 10
2: deathmatch moments oof <laughs> Shoot, t- <laughs> top 10 uh, backyard wrestling moments yeah see just random stuff oh yeah be great Anyways, yeah.
1: Moving on, number there's that one like not that long ago where that dude got hit by a car. Oh gosh.
2: <laughs> well, I mean, like the whole countdown will just be we, we'll search we'll search backyard wrestling in in Twitter's uh, gift keyboard. Yeah, exactly. And our favorite clips will be the entries. <laughs> exactly. Like the guy that tries to do the tombstone off the roof of the house. <laughs> 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 Shouldn't laugh because the landing looks awful. <laughs>
1: <laughs> do a tombstone off the roof of a house. <laughs> What the heck? Oh, man. What much. could go wrong? What could go wrong? A the house. Oh, my God. Oh, no, Hilton, don't do it. Uh, moving on, number four. Four. Uh, Hell in a Cell. Oh, we know this one. This yeah. It's so
2: tame compared to the other ones. I know, but it's probably like the most influential bump in it really modern is. wrestling honestly, history, man. It really
1: it's not that
2: tame. <laughs> like, no, it's not. I, I
1: remember watching it and being like,
2: Oh God. Because we had never seen anything like that before. Never. We didn't. We hadn't watched that scaffold match. I didn't know the NWA existed (laughs) in 98 probably for me. Wrestling was WWF and WCW. I didn't know WCW had a precursor called the NWA.
1: Yeah. I remember. I do remember very distinctly watching this. Who's at your house? Probably right. Yeah. My parents house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I do very distinctly remembering. I remember thinking to myself. Dude, that's not. They're not going to toss him off the top of the cage.
2: Like that's not even. Sure enough, the first five minutes happened.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and they both. They both like walk over to the edge of the cage. And <laughs> and another they, taker just
2: chucks him off. He just chucks him
1: off, and I'm like, number one, like the 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 level of. Coordination you have to like throw yourself off and flip over
2: and land where you need to land
1: land exactly Dude, if you're six inches off you're screwed
2: if you're six inches off, anyways if you're a foot off you're either banging your head against the guardrail or you're landing on the mat Not on the announce table
1: if you're six inches off. You're like on the corner of it. Yeah, which could be even worse Yeah,
2: like oh man, so fully take I mean WB runs the 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 this this clip all the time I'm sure everybody's seen it King of the Ring '98, Hell in Cell match between Mankind, Undertaker. Taker uh, tosses Foley off onto the announce table. No crash pad in this case because Foley <laughs> got a dislocated yeah. shoulder. That's yeah. it, thankfully. From that spot, it was the other spot that really messed him up. Yeah, when uh, he got choke slammed through the top of the, the cell, wasn't supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. That's when he got knocked out completely. Well, lost yeah. a tooth. I remember. Like that's another thing I do
1: very distinctly remember is like when they're up there and you see them. Like whenever they step. And the 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 fence. Oh, bowing. I know. It's just it just starts. It's it has so much give to it. I know. And it's like, oh my god, that stuff is just gonna fall apart. It's like paper mache. up and Sure there. enough. And uh, and yeah, sure enough, he goes crashing down. The chair hits him on the head on the way
2: down and concusses him mm-hmm. and knocks a tooth out of his mouth and through his through sinuses to yeah. his nose. Uh, yeah, it's stuck in his mustache. Uh, apparently, after the match, Vince went up to Foley and said. Uh, you have no idea how much I appreciate what you've just done for this company. But I never want to see anything like that again. And yeah, Foley did all sorts of crazy stuff after this.
1: Yeah, he got back. He got dropped by Triple H through the, the cell. cell. That again. was actually yeah. planned. Yeah, and that one was planned. But yeah. it was
2: after this. We had the I Quit match against The Rock. Mm-hmm. Uh, his match against The Edge when he got speared through the flaming table. Uh, one Night Only, 2006, that crazy match. Uh, where With was Edge. he and Funk against yeah. uh, Edge and Lita? He did all sorts of crazy stuff after this.
1: Yeah, that never stopped. It just sort of, it just, it, it basically, and it, on one hand, it kind of sucked. On the other hand, like it just made more of a legend out of Foley. Mm-hmm. But it just increased the bloodlust for wrestling fans. It was like, oh, that was so cool. I want to see more like that. Well,
2: it, the problem with stuff like this is you do it and you do it again. People are like, all right, it's no big deal. You have to one. You up have to one up yourself exactly, every single yeah. time. Yeah,
1: but I do think that I mean, it honestly it did sort of come off. I mean, I know ECW was around doing their thing. But, I mean, it sort of popularized the hardcore thing. Oh, yeah, because you
2: know? and we'd never seen anything like that in mm-hmm. WWE programming before. Yeah. And then just a couple years later, Shane jumping off the top of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it wasn't until after this that we started watching, had, avail- had ECW available to us. Yeah. You know, we see the opening graph or the opening package for that, and you see uh, Tommy Dreamer sending uh, primetime Brian Lee off the scaffold on all mm-hmm. those tables. Um, New Jack jumping off, off all sorts of things at the ECW arena. Mm-hmm. So, they were doing that kind of stuff in ECW yeah. long before I'm guessing uh, WWE Ether had
1: started doing it. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, you know, there was Foley's, you know, Japanese deathmatch yeah. stuff with Funk back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, when well, they did a bunch of crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, you have to wonder how much of that. I mean, you know, obviously, like you said, hardcore stuff really hadn't had the the wide exposure. And I wonder if that was sort of directly led into. Um, things like, you know, promotions like CZW eventually oh. got in the Tournament of Death and stuff like that because so many kids were like, oh my god, that's crazy, they grew up and they became Joey Janela. You know? mm-hmm. mm-hmm. so, Entirely uh, possible. Or Nick Mondo. Yep. Uh, we'll talk about him in a second, but first, number three. Three.
3: You can host the best backyard barbecue when you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around.
1: Aerostar falls. See, I put three A's in there. Oh,
2: for triple A. Because that's it's good.
1: Triple A. That's pretty clever, Steve. Exactly. So this just happened like
2: yeah, in June. 10 minutes ago. In June. Yeah. Uh, apparently, Aerostar likes to jump off high things, Steve. Uh, so if you go back to uh, Triple Mania 25, which I think is two Triple Manias ago 25. from the one that's about to happen, see, uh, he did a, a jump off the lighting truss above the ring. Mm-hmm. So he somehow climbed up there. I haven't seen how he managed to find his way up there. Yeah. Although in Lucha Underground, he had all sorts of powers. Apparently, he's a time traveler. Yeah, that's interesting. So stuff. maybe he can teleport, too. Oh, that's don't good. don't know. know. He yeah. looks very science fiction with the LED lights all over and Yeah, stuff. Maybe great. He's, He could be a robot. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's up there. He jumps off. And then uh, the the fall we're talking about here at uh, Verano de Escondalo. Is that correct? Yeah. Uh, let's see here, Verano de Escandalo. Yeah, this year, just the day before, I think, in Cancun, the day before, <laughs> he climbs halfway up the lighting truss mm-hmm. and does like a and, and falls backwards off it. <sighs> and then the next night at the 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 pay per view, he climbs the very top. Yeah, just dives off. Two wrestlers are there to kind of break his fall a little <laughs> bit, but then at Impact. He does, like, half a rotation and lands on the mat head first. Yeah. he stretchered out. We heard it was just a concussion.
1: Yeah, and people saw him, like, the next day just walking around, like, being cool, being fine. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Some people can just take those bumps. Like, I mean, going back to Jeff Hardy, like, dude, some people can just take their body. It's amazing. Through. He can walk. I know. It's I know. It's amazing he can walk. So, of course, the big question is
2: what is he going to do? He's in the Copa TripleMania match. A bunch of other uh, uh, luchadors. Uh huh. Entirely possible. He jumps off something high. <laughs> Probably likely. Oh man, I
1: can't wait. God, I hope he's okay. Yeah, I hope so too. Maybe like maybe that was like scary lesson learned, and now they're gonna catch him properly. You know, because mm-hmm. it's fine when you have like six guys down there, and then you fall on them. Like usually, that's okay. You can there
2: is yeah they they can break your fall when you fall on one guy who sort of goes like this and then you fall off him and head first onto the mat. That's not good. Yeah, bad stuff's gonna happen. Bad stuff is gonna happen. Uh,
1: speaking of bad stuff, let's move on to number two. Two, sick oh. Nick Mondo versus homeless Jimmy. Man, I had never heard the term assault driver. I am not. I am so. This is actually one thing I really want to be more learned in. Larson
2: is CZW. There's a lot I do not know about that promotion. I think the the general perception is that it's all hardcore stuff. But it's not. Yeah, it's, it's not. No, no, no. Not. If you look yeah. at their list of former world champions, you see a lot of, you know, like death match legends. But also, I think Leo Rush was a former Even, C- yeah, CZW Leo champion. Yeah, Leo Rush was there, yeah. Uh, Callahan, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, Drew Gulak was, uh, I think, a former CZW champion. Right, that's right, yeah. So it's not just death match wrestling, yeah. CZW. I mean, there is that. They have their tournament of death every year. But uh, it's just a wide variety of styles. I believe in CZW, is my understanding. I'm not I just.
1: I feel so ill-educated. I watched like a while ago, like this, uh, or maybe it was on the the Wrestling Amino app. Somebody mm-hmm. did like a top ten tag teams in CZW, mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are. I need to. I need to learn more. Look uh, at the Messiah. <laughs> look at him. Oh, He's, wow. He was in there. Drake Younger. That's right. He yeah. was there. Yeah. David Starr. Um,
2: Was. No, uh, oh, Mance Warner. Okay. Mance Warner. Yeah. MJF. MJF. Shane Strickland. Mm-hmm. Davey Richards. Leo Rush. Jonathan Gresham. Uh, Oni Lorcan. Mm hmm. Uh, Drew. I mean, a, a lot of wrestlers who are not notably, of course. Yeah. Nick Gage a couple times.
1: B-Boy. Remember, he, we saw him wrestle a million times mm-hmm. back in the day.
2: So a lot of. Chris Hero, going back to 2006. Yeah. So you know, a lot of wrestlers who aren't exactly noted for being hardcore. Uh, or or, or deathmatch wrestlers Tajiri, yeah mm-hmm. Lobo Lobo, Man, Nick Gage has been doing it since 1999 I had no idea, that's funny
1: Again, another person I need to bone up on In terms mm-hmm. of what I know about him
2: But let's talk about this particular uh, uh, incident So there's a great, this
1: match along with uh, Nick Mondo's commentary Nick Mondo, all the way, by the way, right now is a director Yeah, also. he's the
2: dude that did the uh, the trailer for uh, for Mox Yeah, that's right um, but
1: uh, back in the day, of course, he was a famed uh, wrestler. Mm-hmm. Uh, did a lot of deathmatch stuff, and uh, this was a first round matchup. I don't know what year this was. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't find that either. Okay. Uh, in any event, uh, it was a first round matchup, and it was the first time that he was fighting this homeless Jimmy guy, who also spent some time in XPW. Um, and uh, there's there's a great. They have the video plus Nick Mondo's commentary on it on YouTube. You can find it pretty easily. Uh, But he talks about a little bit, and all he really says is that Jimmy, Homeless Jimmy, was open to pretty much anything. He said, uh, and he asked, you know, this is the first round. Should we do this big truck spot? yeah uh, this early in the tournament. he was um, like, yeah, I'm watching the
2: the the gif of it and this it's it's
1: it's, it's magnetic it's, it's basic. it's p- kind of hypnotic. it's mesmerizing. you just keep on watching it because you're like, how do these guys do this mm-hmm. because the assault driver is kind of a crazy move in the first place. It you is. get him up in like a one winged angel position and then you just sort of flip them over and uh except in this case, he's on a very, very tall rider moving truck.
2: yeah, it's probably a good 10, uh, ten, twelve feet in the air. It's, yeah this, this fall isn't as high as some of the other ones. They're crashing onto a table with a bunch of light tubes. The 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 margin for error here is very small. It's so small. If if homeless Jimmy doesn't rotate over enough on the the move, he's landing on his head. Yeah. Um, you're land like uh, Nick Mondo, and thankfully he he puts his, he leaves with his feet. If you were to land butt first, mm-hmm. like you're risking cutting up your body. A oh, he lot. said he
1: cut up his butt anyways. Yeah. Uh, and he had all sorts of light tube shards in his uh, back when he uh, came uh. up. Uh, homeless Jimmy had been uh, legit suffering from a stomach bug uh, for most of the day. And so after they fell, uh, he just puked on himself. <laughs> so God, it's messed sure up. The, the shock of going through that probably Jeez. contributed a little bit to that. Uh, but it is really a crazy spot. And this is this is just an opening round spot here, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it really didn't take him that long to get to it. it. Nick in the commentary said that he didn't want it to be a very long match because it's a first round match. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, they, they didn't
2: were. didn't he say something like, "Yeah, we uh, teased the German suplex spot."
1: That yeah, cool. yeah, they did some teases at the top, uh, and one of the teases was German suplex. But then he says, which would have been really cool. I'm like, oh man, somebody would have been paralyzed. Yeah, Both people might have been paralyzed. I know. In that case, god, I'm just watching this over and over again. I know it is. It looks so smooth. Looks like butter. I know. But like when you think about the violence of it, the, it's the, too the, the much. reality of it, it's like, oh
2: my god. Because there's what?
1: But because here's the thing. Also, they're going down together. Their arms are locked mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And so it's like there's a certain amount of helplessness on Nick. Mata's totally, point.
2: totally, totally. And that's why I, I it, it's fitting. This is so high because there's there's so little margin for error. Mm-hmm Like if homeless Jimmy had just been pulling a little bit more on his arms. He could have pushed almost, Mondo forward. He could it, have landed face first. It's funny tubes. how
1: perfectly it works, though, yeah. because Nick is kind of like a parachute for the guy. I know. <laughs> you know? I know. Like, they're stabilizing each other in really the perfect position so as not to kill each other. I know. It works out magnificently somehow. And, the, I mean, the great thing is that's all happenstance because he gets up there and he's like, yeah, we just did it. I I couldn't think about it too long. I didn't want to think about it at all because I would have got scared. <sighs> Sometimes
2: you've got to go on instinct, I guess.
3: Yeah, I guess so. If you're
1: in
2: the middle of a death match. You just got to go with your instinct and hope everything works out.
1: All right, man. Let's talk about number one. Oh dear. Here we go. Number one. One. Vic Grimes and New Jack. Vic Grimes a, comes off a of scaffold. This is
2: an XPW show, you say, in February two thousand
1: two. Well, okay. So here's the thing.
2: No, we got to talk about the Danbury fall. That's an instance where, according to New Jack, his life was altered by that. Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh, there is. Here. Here's the thing about this. About the entire thing, though. With New Jack, I do believe that there's got to be some element of work at play and so i don't know or at least maybe a bit of hyperbole okay so for example so here we go let's rewind all the way back ecw 2000 living dangerously um you can see it on the wwe network the entire thing is there oh they have the fall in there the falls in well, there. i thought they cut that out i originally thought they did too and then i went back and why i just i literally just watched hmm. it um so new jack was fighting i think vic grimes was in a team called the baldies well, maybe yeah. At least that's what it said on the match that sounds, thing. That sounds right. So maybe it was like a handicap match. It was Vic Grimes somebody else? I don't know. Um, I sort of fast forward like clicking through it. Um, so the match starts off, and uh, immediately it's pretty hardcore. Like New Jack was bleeding pretty quick into it. They go down to the crowd. They start brawling. Uh, some tables are introduced, and it's right next to like a twenty-five foot scaffold. So they start climbing up that, uh, according to New Jack, and I'm not sure if we ever got Vic Grimes's side of this, or I don't at least know. he might have said something, I never saw it. Um, but according to New Jack, Vic Grimes got very hesitant, very quick. to. And the thing about this scaffold, it's not like a normal scaffold. It, there's no plank there, Like there's, mm-hmm. it's like long, there's no plank there, it's three beams across. So, they're balancing on these beams in the first place. And they're fairly wide beams, but they're still pretty sketchy. Yeah, yeah, it's not a plank of wood. Yeah, exactly. So, they're up there. And according to New Jack, Vic Grimes starts getting very hesitant about taking the fall. And New Jack says, We're doing this. We're doing it right now. I'll give you three seconds one, two, three. And according to New Jack, Vic Grimes starts to hesitate and starts to back up as New Jack is going down. So, New Jack, of course, brings him down with him. And they have just an awkward fall. They miss the table or don't land square in the table. They they hit the table. The table sort of incinerates
2: under them. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: But but Grimes lands
2: on top of New Jack's head as it's hitting concrete. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. And uh, according to New Jack,
2: um,
1: he the brain fluid came out through his nose and his ears. Yeah, um, which is disgusting. He says he's he to this day. He's blinded his right eye because of it, um, and he. During so he gave an interview about this during I think it was like Hardcore Heaven or something. oh the documentary. documentary oh what was yeah. it called um, Hardcore? Is it Forever Hardcore? Forever Hardcore. I think yeah. it was, I think it was that. I'll check. It's on YouTube. You can find it. Um, and uh, and later on, and he, he lists off the, a litany of injuries. You know, he's blind in one eye. He's got nerve damage. Uh, he goes days without sleeping, et cetera, yeah, for, et cetera. Forever hardcore, yeah, I think so. So, again, maybe some of it's hyperbole. Maybe some of it's not. I don't know. Uh, then you fast forward to uh, XPW 2001. They get into a feud again. They bring in uh, Vic Grimes. I think New Jack was probably, I don't know who's there first. Um, they get into a feud. That actually lasts a little while. Fe- I think it started maybe March, April, May around there. And they have a couple matches involving tables and scaffolds. Then we get to their blow off, which is February 2002 in an XPW show, which I think at this point you can get on a DVD called Free Fall. I have it, uh, you can probably get on eBay. Um, and that's where you can find it. Uh, and in that match, uh, New Jack basically just throws Vic Grimes off of what seems like a, I, I don't know how tall it was, but it seemed at least as tall as the Jim Cornette one. If he said it was 20 feet, This one seems like it might be closer to 25. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, In any event, New Jack throws him off. According to New Jack, in that same interview when he was talking about Vic Grimes and the injuries he got for the first one, the Danbury fall, um, he intended to throw Vic Grimes. They had 12 tables set up. There was a ton of tables. There were 12 set up. Vic Grimes hits one fully and another one kind of. And then bounces off the ropes. But then mainly just falls onto the ring ropes and bounces up. And ends up with like a, a bunch of injuries, but they're minor and then like a sprained ankle, I think. I think he broke or a, a dislocated, dislocated ankle. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, New Jack in the interview says it was his intention to throw Grimes all the way to the ring post and he wanted him to hit his head square on the ring post and literally die. Um, prior to that, prior to when he threw him off, uh, New Jack explains in his interview, and they, they, sh- they show it, he had a taser. And he was tasing him with it. Now, when you go back and watch the actual match, Vic Grimes isn't really selling the taser the way I've seen tasers be sold mm-hmm. before or mm-hmm. be reacted to. Because mm-hmm. when he when New Jack does this, Vic Grimes is just doing this. That's not really yeah. He's, there's no like. There's no like. Oh, there's none of that. Yeah, and on top of that, it's a worked fall. Like mm-hmm. he gets up, he gets himself into position. New Jack does this, and then Vic Grimes is the one who initiates. launches his fall. Yeah, he launches himself off. So, given that seemingly New Jack in that interview was more or less selling the story, I wonder how much of his injuries. He might have been selling. Now, it's entirely possible that he did have brain fluid coming out through his sinuses. It's entirely possible he's blind in one one of his eyes because of that. Uh, But you just have to wonder how much of it is actually true mm-hmm. or like a good professional wrestler is he uh you know is it hyperbole is it is exaggeration he is, 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 he, is he furthering the story is he furthering the story exactly yeah. so who knows you know I, i'd take the guy at his word i would mm-hmm. never call new jack a liar no <laughs> that's scary um but uh yeah it is it is you know it is is pretty brutal. It's it is. Pretty brutal fall. I think we... I, I'm pretty sure our friend was there. Yeah. And he was pretty... I don't think he went to another show after that. You and I had already decided not to go any more XPW shows. Yeah, when we saw a Man Lit on Fire, that was enough for me. That was enough for me, too. That was enough for me. I was, uh, I was pretty much done with XPW at yes. that point. I mean, that was the thing about XPW is that <clears throat> it seemed like... So ECW, the thing that you appreciated about it kind of was... That Heyman, if nothing else, really, he seemed to care about his wrestlers, right?
2: If he didn't, he sure made a good show of it. Well, I mean, after Funk and Sabu had that barbed wire match, that went horribly wrong. Heyman said, no more barbed wire matches. Yeah. He said, no more of those. Yeah. Let's say barbed wire was never involved again, but they Mm. never replaced the ropes with barbed wire because he saw the brutality of that match and didn't want to subject his wrestlers through that again.
1: The main thing in ECW is the story also, you know?
2: Um, I I think overall in ECW when they did something and it seemed like, well, maybe we went too far this time, more often than not, they would dial it back. Whereas XPW, it seemed like, oh, we did that? Wow. What if we did this? XPW
1: legitimately came off as reckless Mm -hmm. and a bit of amateur hour. Mm -hmm. And... I mean, the only word I can think of is cynical. Mm-hmm. You know, I never got like cynicism from ECW. No. It seemed just like, hey, this is, we're going to unlock what wrestling can be. Yeah. You know, we're going to try to bring some excitement back to it and some compelling storytelling and, yes, some vicious brutality.
2: Yeah. But within some degree of reason. Yeah. Um, Whereas XPW is like, oh, look what worked in ECW. If we dial it up to 11, it'll work even more for us. What worked simply with the brutality and let's dial it up.
1: And even yeah. the storylines, you know, because they brought like porno stuff into yeah. it. Um, so there, there did seem just to be an air of like recklessness mm-hmm. and like, man, what do you think? What are these guys even doing? Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's how I always felt about it. Anyway. Yeah, no, I agree. So anyways, there you go. There are the top 10 most insane falls in all yes. of wrestling. Hope you guys enjoyed the show. Yes. Join us later at twitch.tv forward slash Steven Larson. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to co-stream the show. If not, you'll just see our reactions. You can watch it as well. Yep. Yep. Thanks so much for watching till next time. We'll talk to you later. Goodbye.
3: You can host the best backyard barbecue